Exactly. And I can't find a second. We're good. First things first, Alabama State Bar Rules Professional Conduct Rule 7.2 requires the following language in all attorney communications. Representation made to quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal service performed by other lawyers. My name's Harry Steele, Backwood Southern Lawyer. Um, my buddy. My buddies Paul and Ranger here. Sound off, guys. All right, Paul Rip here with Rip Report. Real loud, but the uh, Ranger with the Houston Bureau Chief Podcast. All right, guys. So uh, everybody, everybody, sheltering in place and being good, being good little citizens. I am. So, Paul. Why don't you walk us through this? You got that sound a little off. Can you see what I'm looking at? Yeah, you're talking about this article uh, by uh, John Sharp, right? Yes, sir. Right, right. Uh, well, Alabama's fastest growing city says no to the coronavirus curfew. This is uh, fair hope, of course. And uh, I don't know, when you read these articles, sometimes you see how people can really miss the point, but uh, this has got everybody all uptight in Fairhope about the curfew. And uh, it's really strange when you look at it because uh, in Mobile, they have a curfew and a stay-at-home order, and it, doesn't, and it seems to be working very well with no problem. However, Fairhope doesn't want to do it. And then you go to Bay Manette and you'll find the mayor and his cronies on the golf course playing golf. They're not even concerned with the coronavirus. So, so, so Range, the, the governor of Alabama, uh, because I guess because the retirement system owns the Robert Trent Jones golf trail, declared that golf courses didn't have to close in Alabama. So yeah. Monday night at in the pre-meeting, the mayor decides administratively that uh, not by a vote of the council, but he decides that they're going to open the golf course to now and explain this to me. How can a municipally owned golf course have private memberships? So it's open to the private members. The municipal golf course is open to the private members. Yeah. We're in Alabama. All right. Well, anyway, this, uh, this article comes at a time when cities throughout Alabama are, are implementing new curfews. The state's fastest growing city is the only one that has voted one down. And uh, they are against the ordinance, which is mirrored in uh, Mobile and is working in Mobile. The curfew prohibits people from being outside their home from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. if they do not have identification and that suggests that they work at an essential job. So the curfew is not, you know, really, uh, some people want to call it martial law, taking away their civil rights and stuff like that. Uh, the council president said the curfew adds another layer of laws on top of Governor Kay Ivey's stay-at-home order. Mr. Burrell said that he felt the governor's order was so watered down that he wasn't sure whether a curfew would have a lot of teeth to it. Uh, of course, uh, Mr. Braille be the one to tell you that he knows more than anybody else. He added that this just adds layers of laws. Maybe it'll do some good. Maybe it won't in this case issuing curfews. I don't know. I have real concerns about it. Uh, the other the other councilman said they were concerned about the police officer's exposure, exposure to COVID-19. Now, here, folks, is where we enter into the politics. Now, the city council is making the police department a political issue with the coronavirus exposure with little data that shows that any of them are any more uh, uh, exposed to it than they were in the beginning. They already are uh, trying not to be exposed to it, but, but just less than 1%. But despite the low percentages, federal officials were worried that the police could expose themselves to COVID-19 by pulling people over during the uh, curfew. Paul, Paul you're, yeah. you're, 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 the smoke and mirrors are working on you. 
they didn't want to do it and they come came up with a bunch of bullshit excuses why they weren't going to do it and you're sitting here railing about a, a bunch of lies from a couple of politicians i, I don't correct. know why you're surprised oh, especially out of that crew i'm not surprised but here's what gets me here's what gets me uh, and because if you go on the Facebook pages, you'll see that this particular article has garnered quite a bit of uh, comment. Now, this is the same council that wanted to go ahead with the arts and crafts, which was about 200,000 people coming into town. They disagree with the shelter order. They want businesses to open up right away. And they can't talk about the issue without invoking God or abortion. So everything is being sidetracked. They're not staying on track. And if, if you're upset about the curfew, then you should look at some of the things that this city council has been responsible for. And you'll All see right. that in the RIP report. And that's on ripreport.com and the Facebook page. And that'll be there today. All right. So let's, uh, let's take a look at this real quick. Um, you guys seeing that? It's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is, I think this is a different map. This is the one that uh, Sanford puts out. They just put a different skin on it. It's the same information. Um, so does that look right to everybody? Mm -hmm. Latest and greatest. I just wanted to get that in there. Um While you got give that me, up, let yeah, me. Yeah, give me the read it, uh, rattle off some numbers for me, Rip. Help me out. Oh, on what? The, I don't have that on screen. Okay. Well, you will again in just a second. Well, confirmed cases 2,881. Uh, I can't see where is the death rate is. Is that 58 or 79? Confirmed is 58. 58. Uh, the biggest thing that everybody thinks is working, and this is not only here but around the world, is the social distancing seems to be having a considerably good effect. That's why you're seeing such a variation in the numbers. Let me go ahead and rile some stuff up real quick for y'all. All right. All right. And I could appreciate those numbers. But let me let me speak to this whole golf course debacle. I'm not even going to get into the fact that a municipal golf course has private members and it's open only for that because that just uh, you just take a big white flag with a <laughs> red X through it and lay it on every coffin. How much do you think an apprentice greenskeeper at the municipal golf course makes per hour? Ten bucks. Ten bucks, maybe. How much you think the the cart girl makes without tips? Huh? Minimum wage. How much you think all the front of the house attendants, all the people that work in the offices, and people that work renting out clubs and ball washers and everything else? What do you think they make? You think they making fifteen, twenty dollars an hour? Hell no. Not here. You know what's happening right now? I'll say this, and I said it last week. I keep this machete right by my table. And if I worked for the municipal golf course in Fairhope and I was forced to go to work so a bunch of jackasses with private memberships could come play golf and me or somebody in my family got sick because of that, I'm not going to raise social protest. I'm not going to write the governor. I'm not going to go to my city council. I'm going to take this machete after every son of a bitch I know owns a golf bag. That's Baymanette, so not Fairhope. <laughs> or whoever it is, I think government officials need to keep in mind that they're putting at risk the people that work there. It's Fuck all it's all a big game, man. And it if is. you work there, let me know. I'll mail you a machete. Okay, so let's talk about some numbers. Total confirmed worldwide, 1,622,167. Um, you'll remember a few weeks ago... Uh, the U.S. took overtook China right about the 80,000 mark, and we are now at 467,000 confirmed cases in the United States. Um, total deaths around the world are 97,000, and, um, of course, you can see the numbers on the screen. 
Um, Rains. Also, also, Harry, there's data now that's showing that the original uh, entrance into the United States did not come through China, but came through Europe. China went to Europe first, and then it came to the United States through Europe. And that's yet to be solidly confirmed, but that's what they suspicion now. All right. Well, so, so let's get back to some local stuff. Um, yeah, FM, talk, mobile. FM talk 106.5 this morning had uh, Mayor Sandy Stinson on there and he is expecting the search. So right now we're at 20 percent hospital bed capacity in Mobile, according to the mayor. Um, the, there's a mobile test site set up at Lad People Stadium. Uh, here's the trick there. You must be symptomatic. Uh, right. They they expect the surgery mobile to be between the 18th and the 20th of this month. Um, my my thinking is we need to test all the healthcare workers first. Um, you know, if you got somebody that's asymptomatic and spreading virus, uh, seems counterintuitive to me. Um, and I also wanted to talk about the difference in these tests, Rain. So so the the different methodologies uh the there's an rna test that where they stick the the thing all the way up and touch your brain up your nose and then there's an antibody test and you know you may uh, which which i feel like is i know it's faster but it doesn't seem nearly as reliable to me have have you kicked that I, around at all i have um the when it comes to testing and I've got to, you know, there's things that I'm real book smart about, but they're mainly politics and policy. Um, I'm studying in the medical profession right now. I'm studying to become a, a, a paramedic, but um, I'm not terribly versed on the different tests and their and the, and the, and the minute details of those tests. So I'm not going to speak as an expert, but what I am going to say is, is that until we have, an approved and thoroughly tested method of testing, I'm not going to speak to either of them because the, the initial test that takes forever to come back and it takes a long time to do and you got to use the long swab and it's an uncomfortable test and everything else, that has been tested and proven to shown to give a decent ratio of positive versus negative results without a lot of false positives. The antibody test has not. So I'm not going to speak an opinion on it. I'm just going to speak a little common sense. If you can, if you are symptomatic and you need the test, you can tell your doctor, I want the RNA test. And the doctor can say, well, we don't have that. We can only give you the antibody test. I think what you can get, but you can request the RNA test. And I would request that if you are symptomatic. Of it. Yeah. Simply because it's tested and tried and true. As far as those things go, the margin of error is the smallest for that RNA test than it is for the antibody test. So as with any evaluation device, I'm going to go with whatever gives you the, the smallest ratio, the smallest uh, margin of error. All right. So I, I heard something <laughs> interesting the other day. And of course, like you said, we're not scientists far from it. Um, anyway, one of the, one of the things that, uh, so, so typically when there's a disease like AIDS or, I mean, just go back to the last pandemic uh, of, of note, uh, the AIDS epidemic. So doctors in certain places would write a paper about what they thought the, the virus was or the symptoms that, that were displayed. You remember it was first, it was called gay cancer. Do you remember that? It was called the, it was called the, uh, the homosexual, uh, it was HIV, HIV AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, so anyway, the, um, the, that, that's the last time that we, that we dealt with something like this. Do you agree? No, I mean, I, I mean something, no, 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 no. something, something. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So, so we, let me, we, let me I wouldn't agree with that. We've dealt with, all right, with let me explain, let me explain further. So the doctor in, New York City writes a paper and it goes in the New England Journal of Medicine. And four months later, some doctor who's treating AIDS patients out in California peer reviews that and publishes another paper. And maybe he agrees right. with some of it, maybe he doesn't. 
We don't That's have time for that bull crap. Okay. There needs to be a subreddit for practicing physicians and they kind of have one in the listserv. And one of the things that I ran across was a doctor in the Bronx saying that it appears to him in the final stages, these people appear to be dying of altitude sickness that, that there's something going on between the hemoglobin uh, CO2 oxygen exchange in the lungs and that he's suggesting that we drain everybody like a vampire and put whole blood back in their body. All right. Hang on. I'm going to, I mean, there's, there are all kinds of things out there that are, that are potentially (laughs) life-saving. I have got to stop you right there. Go for it. And I'm going to clap this. We must have peer review. It has to be peer review. Science is nothing but speculation without peer review. Okay, I agree. Hey, listen. It can be done quickly. Okay, well. Expeditious. And when you say, well, there's one doctor that says this, and he's up, and he says it could be altitude sickness. Fantastic. Find me a dozen doctors that agree with him, and let's start fast-tracking a treatment. But peer review has got to continue. And that's what I'm saying. Peer-reviewed science. They're, they, if they are peer reviewing it on a list server, I'm saying they they're not waiting for the New England Journal of Medicine to publish the shit. They're well, they're bam bam bam. All this is happening quickly, and I, I just hope that there's a a network of these physicians who are uh, paying attention, even in rural areas. I mean this this is like uh, UAB. Um, what's the big one in Texas? Uh, UT medical or Baylor medicine. Yeah. I mean, it, doctors at, uh, at these research hospitals, um, and then some people down in the trenches like Bellevue in New York. I mean, that place is covered up. They've got more deaths than any other hospital in the country. I think right now. Well, so, one, of the, uh, one of the things that you're running into with the problem here is that it's an all hands on deck situation. So every physician that's able to treat is working right now. And while, yes, they are taking notes and yes, they are making dictations as far as getting their research out there, there aren't as many able-bodied research doctors submitting peer-reviewable research right now because they're working 18, 20 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, there are research doctors at places like the Baylor College of Medicine that are doing nothing but um, attacking the different solutions and the different hypotheses that are coming out of the medical community. Um, what we are going to see, and it won't be government led, it'll be led by the research hospitals, people that are researchers at Johns Hopkins and at Brigham Young and at Baylor and at uh, uh, Northwestern, they're going to be getting together personally and privately, just like we are, and discussing these things. And peer review is going to happen. and It's going to keep happening. However, We've had situations like this in the past, but we have been in pandemic situations before and we've dealt with them. We just never had one that's so novel as this, where the communicability rate has been so high and infected so many people. We haven't had something like this happen since the Spanish flu. Now, the researchers are out there diligently working, but this thing is so novel and so new that it's taking a long time to really isolate concrete things. And what I'm saying is if these people are going to croak anyway, why not try something that certainly couldn't kill them, like replacing their, all the blood in their body, get 25 people, get 25 doctors to do it right now across the country. We'll know in 24 hours if it's bullshit or not. Um, that's doable on a voluntary basis. Uh, there's red tape involved in that. Uh, there's legal ramifications involved. Man, in there, that. there's all kind of experimental stuff going on. There's a hundred people undergoing experimental treatment as we speak right now. Absolutely, and I'm not speaking against it. I'm just giving the you know giving it a reality check, and that these these hoops have to be jumped through. Okay, so let me not let me go mingling and just start giving this stuff to people and trying to treat them. You know, it's and there's, well, there's, and Harry. Let me lay it out for y'all. And I'd be the optimist here. I really do believe that within six months, you're going to see a lot of uh, uh, medical research that is going to garner us a lot of help in testing 
as as well as any anything else. Uh, there's just too many people in too too many places in the world working on it. So I think they're going to crack this pretty quick. Uh, you just need to. It's just what Rain said was true. Is that this is so novel, they don't know anything about it. And the one thing that we do know, and it's not scientific, it's common sense, is the uh, stay at home and uh, keeping uh, keeping away from sick people works. It's just common sense. Okay, so and that's what I'm. That's what I was trying to lay out for y'all. And Rain's said it well we haven't had anything like this in a hundred years we have to act like it's a hundred years ago we have no we really don't have the technology to fight this the uh, you know we have a certain capacity but if we if we don't use the knowledge handed down to us from the practitioners a hundred years ago it, it's going to be it, you know what did we say? The 21st, Paul, Alabama runs out of ventilator beds. Well, that's what was projected at first. Now, all those projections have, you know, changed. Right. Is that why we're playing golf? Alabama not to embrace this. Alabama right. lived in the goddamn night in 1962. Why can't they just dial it back another 40 years? When Governor Ivey was a hottie. Good grief. <laughs> They, li they love living in the past over there in y'all's neck of the woods, even worse than we do, and we've got a damn Alamo. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> right, right. Oh, you man. You want to go on the mobile a little bit? I, I, yeah, I want you – well, one more one more thing I wanted to talk about uh, while, while I'm glooming and dooming. Uh, the head of the International Monetary Fund predicts coronavirus will trigger the worst economic fallout since the Great Depression. So, yeah, let's go on to Mobile, Paul. It's the ninth largest <laughs> port in the state of Alabama. That's the best segue we've had in the history of this podcast. I really, agree. really. Well, like I just strung that together. Well, you look at what Birmingham is doing, and then you look at what Mobile's doing. Mobile's closer to us, and they've got the, they are complying with the stay at home order. Uh, they have the curfew, and they've had very little uh, pushback about the curfew. People, really, really paying attention and trying to uh, stay up to date and talking about staying up to date. Our uh, uh, representative we hope to be electing, Jerry Carl, for the 1st Congressional District is working. He is the uh, uh, president of the commission over there, and he's working on conference calls. As I understand it, he is on a conference call two to three times a day and updating this and they are working tirelessly. So while you have, uh, I want everybody to pay attention that uh, this is Mr. Carl working for his constituents here while we got the catalyst candidate trying to knock on doors during the middle of a uh, pandemic. So uh, hats off to Mr. Carl and the work that he's doing and I hope everybody appreciates it because I'm sure that these people are just pulling their hair out trying to stay up with it and trying to answer a lot of uh, very good questions. And then uh, a lot of questions that don't really have any substance. And then of course you've got people rallying that uh, their civil liberties are being taken away and all of this. And I'd like to point out to those people that you are a very, very small minority that the vast majority of people are using common sense when it comes to this. Do not think, we should be rushing out to go to work. Do not think that we should be uh, uh, advocating that and uh, advocating going against what uh, is being recommended by, on a national standard. But then again, here we are in Alabama. But uh, uh, hats off to to the mayor, uh, the mayor and Jerry Carl, and uh, I commend the mayor of uh, Fairhope and uh, uh, Councilman Conyers for trying to implement the curfew. Now, one of the reasons that the curfew was trying to be implemented in Fairhope was they had a whole bunch of kids running around, which I would have been part of if I was 18. They had a whole bunch of kids running around Fairhope all night long and uh, different groups of people. Now, the curfew is between 10 and five in the morning. So it's not really cutting into your time. Most people are pretty much at the house by 10 o'clock. 
So the reason for the curfew was that the small percentage of people that just absolutely will not adhere to any rules. So Paul, Eddie, Paul yeah. you're, beat, you're beating the balls off of a subject that they it you, you're trying to reason with people who are unreasonable, and you're just you're I, you're wasting my the seconds precious seconds of my life I have left. <laughs> So let, let's tell people about something that's freaking useful. Um, there was a sewage spill of 10 uh, million gallons of raw sewage uh, in Rock Creek in Baldwin County. This was caused by non-flushable wipes and grease blocking the pipes. We advise swimmers and kayakers to avoid Rock Creek and the portion of Mobile Bay sur directly surrounding the creek for the next 48 hours. Did you say M millions? I'm sorry, 10,000 gallons. Yeah, I was gonna say a million. All right, so do y'all? So, so, you know how, how I've been, we've been giving Will Ainsworth attaboys, he's the only elected official at the state level raising hell saying we're not doing enough. So you know how I know his uh, he he's developing a plan to get us back up and running and back to work. So I, I'm I'm perusing Twitter yesterday. Senator Taxman Chris Elliott tweeted, "I'm honored that Lieutenant Governor At Will Ainsworth asked me to help develop plans to get businesses back up and running as soon as possible once this crisis oh. is ended." I mean. Look, you could have gone to any nursing home and found uh, any any uh, any mental health asylum and found somebody just as capable as Chris Elliott. Or uh, if you have one of those little monkeys that you wind up and they sit there and play the drums like that, they'd be about as damn useful as Chris Elliott on a committee like this. You remember the last committee he was on, Paul? Right. It was to build the $2 billion bridge, toll bridge. Right. Flip-flopped on think... that. And, right. a little, uh, and a little footnote there, uh, Harry, on that uh, Rock Creek. One of the reasons is that when it was developed, they used undersized piping. And that's been a problem uh, there as well as water pressure. And that was done by the developer, and now the taxpayers are trying to straighten all of that out. So did you guys hear about the nursing home in California that had to be evacuated because the staff didn't show up for two days? That's right. Um, Pay attention right. to the employees of the municipal right. golf course there. Yeah, I, I'm sure they're all out playing golf uh, in the meantime. So, uh did y'all hear Governor Cuomo? You know, he's sitting up there doing these fireside chats for two hours a day with the people of the state of New York. And he, he called yeah. him, he said he wanted to be known right. as the love gov. Now, Dr. Uh -oh. Dr. Bentley is and forever shall be the love gov. And I'll, I'll fly yes, to New sir. York he went out, he went with Reigns Machete to defend him. <laughs> As the love gov. Let me tell y'all why since we on a something like you another uh, resource in your neck of the woods that's pretty positive right now. Um, I haven't dropped her name before because I uh, I didn't want to in any way sully her on this podcast. But I got a good friend of mine that I went to school with. Her name's Elka Porter, and she is the education and outreach coordinator for Mobile Baykeeper. And if you give her a like and a follow on Facebook, she and her daughter have started some online classes that they're presenting every day, uh, talking about how things flow and how things get into the water. And it's a fantastic resource. If you check out mobilebaykeepers.com, look for the education and outreach coordinator, Ilka Porter. She's on there and uh, a lot of good resources there. Give her a look and a like and uh, seek her out. She's something else. One of the finest human beings I've ever known. So, uh, now you got your very good on Backstory Podcast, Elka. You're going to have to tune in at some point. 
Very All good. right, so I want to talk about something that's going to be near and dear to Rain's heart. So the New York Times posted an article yesterday, and it says the first confirmed coronavirus case in New York was a woman who flew into JFK in February and tested positive March 1st. The next day, Governor Cuomo and Mayor Bill de Blasio promised investigators they would track down every person on her flight. No one ever did. So fireside chats be damned. Nobody followed up on this in New York City and look at the fallout from that one person. Or I'm sure it was yep. a lot of, I'm sure that's not patient zero, but you know, anecdotally, nobody followed up on it. So let me, let me, I'll speak to that right uh, now. Uh, okay. But let me, let me finish. So, so do y'all remember a few weeks ago? I should, we should, we showed a video while we were uh, on and it showed, um, all these cell phones, all this metadata that was overlaid onto a GIS map system, and they showed the migration from that one beach in Fort Lauderdale, and they fast-forwarded a month and showed where all those cell phones had dispersed all over the country, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. We have the technology to do that. So one of the proposals is we use metadata to track everyone's locations and so long as you didn't come into contact with somebody who's been out of the country or tested positive for novel coronavirus, you're free to travel and you can go back to work. Uh, we would like no. to welcome you to the People's Republic of China. No. Thank you, Absolutely Ray. Not. Absolutely not. No, no. I, no. I said Stay I'm going to go back to the, one of those wind-up World War One telephones, you know, like you, I, I got one for catching catfish. I, I can break out. No, sir. Y'all can no, sir. My, if you're listening in right now, the 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 NKVD and whoever else is listening over in China, y'all can take that shit, put it right in your buttholes, because we're not doing it here. It's not gonna happen. Now I'm not doing it. I'll take this son of a bitch and bury it in the backyard. You better and believe and go back you to landlines. Hey, everybody needs to start investing in Bell South again. Yeah, can you imagine? Oh, good lord. They, you think there was a run on paper towels? Go to Walmart and try to find a, a plug-in phone. A right regular telephone. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> the rotary dial. I'm sure I've got one laying around somewhere just because I wanted to keep it. Let me speak to what I was going to say before about the mayor and the governor of New York. When you find out, and I'll use a very morbid but very practical uh, analogy for that. When they had a plane hit the first tower on 9-11, the mayor of New York, I'm not going to speak his name because fuck him too, but the mayor of New York, who at the time said, let's start investigating. It's, there's a, there's an epidemic on and a pandemic and a depression, so we're not bleeping. Keep going. All right. So the, the mayor at the time said, all right, let's find out where that plane came from and let's find out who's in that building. And then a plane hits the Pentagon. And that said, they said, well, let's start looking at where that plane came from and let's find out who all was there. And then another plane hit another World Trade Center in New York. And they said, shit, to hell with all the stuff we were doing before. Let's just try to help who we can. That's how it happens in a situation like this. Did they say, yeah, we're going to track down every single person? By that time, somebody smart said, guys, it's too late to even waste resources on that. We've got to move to phase. We're in phase one. We got to move to phase five. And that's what they did. So I'm not going to disparage their lack of effort to track down who all was on that plane because somebody, probably Dr. Anthony Fauci, said, fellas, it's already here. This is the most densely populated city in the country. You better start working on something else besides figuring out who brung it. You see what I'm saying? I right. do. So, so one of the things that um, I've been thinking about uh, – in, in case things go really bad, besides growing my garden, uh, I'm sure you got a couple of these laying around, right? Boy Scout handbook. I've got my original. I, well, it's on the shelf opposite me. I wish I could show it to you. It's, it, it, it's been taped about 40 times. Yeah. You know, they're the sorriest yeah. freaking book in the world. Probably one of the, the best written and one of the uh, sorriest bindings, uh, of course. I know it. Mine's one of the ones with the silver backing on it in my bookshelf. That's a fact. Yep. Yep. So, so between that, so, so here's what I'm getting at, and and the thing that that nobody seems to uh, to to think about until it's too late. Um, 
when we went in there and finally kicked Saddam's ass, um, what, <laughs> one of my great regrets, uh, you know, wish, wish I could have been there to help do something about it, but, uh, all the antiquities and, you know, all the museum pieces, all the libraries, um, all that knowledge that, that should have, that we lost. Um, and you know, and that the cultural things that we can't get back. So, um, anyway, uh, I'm going to make sure the library is protected in my hometown. I don't know about you guys, but, uh, the repositories of knowledge, um, assuming that, uh, the internet or, or whatever else isn't available. Um, a little library like this, uh, comes in handy because you, you can't possibly keep all this shit in your head. I've tried. Yeah, right. That's a fact. It is good to protect the libraries and I, it shouldn't be too hard in Alabama because according to your literacy rate, I think y'all <laughs> only got five libraries in the whole state. You know, Mon- Mon- Monroeville is uh, about 30, 40 miles from here, and it is the literacy capital of Alabama. Um, just so you know, that means 18 people there can read. Hot damn. <clears throat> All right, so I want to share something with you guys, and we're, you're just going to have to bear with me. Um, and let me, let me know if you guys can hear this. There's no audio. Still no audio. No. And I can see on your screen where you've got it muted. Just a quick shout out while we're waiting. We miss you, Nick. God almighty, we loved having you around, man. <laughs> Come back soon, Nick. Well, yeah, Harry, let, let Harry me just de- wants to be a technician. Let me describe to you what's going on here. All this, right. This city councilman right here, his name is Omari Hardy. Oh, that's him. That's my guy right there. He's a fourth generation educator. He lives, uh, let's say he, uh, he teaches history and civics at the middle school there in uh lake worth lake worth city of lake worth beach they actually changed the name of it and uh so you see him giving them what for at the city council meeting this is uh right about the time this is about two weeks before they shut down the beaches in alabama yeah he's raising hell and that was the the mayor that walked out and accused him of grandstanding and saying that all you're trying to do is is uh Omari for 41 for Congressional District 41 and uh, he shut her down man but now this is a huge crowd of people what is that that's a ship but you oh that's the that's not in real clear area. I recognize that yeah that's the uh, the elevator that's the inside of the uh hangar on an aircraft carrier. Right. Yep. That's uh right. Captain Brett Crozier getting a send off from uh his crew after he lost his command of the USS Theodore Roosevelt. Everybody recognize this guy? Uh, any of y'all neighbors of that uh, secretary uh, acting secretary of the Navy that just resigned that need a machete mailed to you to trim your hedges with, y'all let me know too. Yeah. So now, y'all recognize? That? Who is that? What nope. the hell kind of question is that? God Almighty, bless Kenny Rogers. I'm so sorry he's gone from us. That's Jack Wilson, dude. Oh, <laughs> he does look a lot like Kenny. <laughs> Good grief! All right, Harry, what's up? Is my uh? Am I done sharing? Yes. Yeah. You, okay. You switch screens, but you're still there. All right. Good. So you uh, going to land yet? I want you to. I, I want to talk a little bit about Captain Brett Co- Crozier first. Uh, U.S. Navy Academy class of '92, Naval Aviator '94, 2007 Navy War College, 2014. He finally makes XO of the USS Ronald Reagan. And you can imagine the the un, the the things they can't tell us he did from '94 to 2014. 
but that's how you end up the, on, you know, the commander of one of these aircraft carriers. And the guy knew that his career was over with. And, uh, do, do you guys realize that he probably saved his own life? He did not realize that he was infected with coronavirus when he did all this and it turned and he's, he's now being treated for it. Yeah. Interesting story. He all right, Paul, give me he some land yap, dude. Give me some land yap stuff. All right. Well, first of all, on Lanyap, uh, this is probably uh, uh, Ashley Trice and Rob Holbert, the publishers, uh, put out an open letter to the readers, basically explaining what's going on, which everybody knows with this virus. The paper itself is uh, about half its volume. All their advertiser advertisers are, you know, they, they can't advertise. They're not open or anything, but, uh, this is a, a bad situation made worse because if we, we need to have some sort of print media and that circulated and that's up to date. Lanyap has been filling, filling that gap. If we don't have, if we don't have Lanyap and some of these contributing articles going on, we don't have anything else going on other than a paper. It comes out that's three days overdue. So, you know, for 21 cents a day, you can get it mailed to you. You can get it online. You can find out where to pick it up, but I suggest that you, uh, support Lanyap if you will. I certainly do. Uh, we do not get paid on this show for advertising them. We just feel that they're, news content is worthy and uh, is very valuable to the community. And uh, this edition is no, uh, is a very good example. The cover article, uh, which is um, economic, economic stimulus, financial resources available for small business and individuals. Uh, this is written by Gabe Times. It's a two page article. It is very, very informative as far as all of the different programs that are available under the new stimulus, uh, uh, programs that I'm sure some of you didn't even know existed. I would strongly suggest that you, uh, get the land yet, particularly this article goes into economic injury, disaster, unemployment, and other compensations, small business, big business, $10,000 loans, and, uh, what you can expect on your unemployment employment and so on and so forth. There's no way I can give you the full content of it, uh, of the article and be worthy of the article. So please try to get a lanyap and look at it and read it. Also, there's, uh, the magazine is, uh, this week covers many different articles staying put Alabama joins other States in issuing stay at home order. This is by Gabe times and Jason Johnson. And of course, this is about the stay at home order. And, you know, people are controversial about that as well as any of these curfews. However, as reported in Lanyap before, millions of Americans in 39 states, 48 countries, 14 cities, District of Columbia, and Puerto Rico are sheltering in place. Now I'm sure those councilmen in Fairhope know better than any of these people, but I'm going to be going with the crowd staying in place uh, and staying put. Uh, there's articles in here by Dale Leash on COVID-19 scams. Unfortunately, every time we get into these situations, we got people that are trying to clip people out of their money one way or another. And uh, they're around now. Uh, the, uh, very good article where we were we just projecting and this is by rob holbert and i really sympathize with this article because you know we've all been bombarded with statistics and data and that has changed because all of it is new and then it changes again and then we look at the related deaths and then we say well i wonder if this was as bad as we thought but we don't add in the equation of staying at home and staying in place. So, uh, you know, I can see where it's very confusing, but myself personally, I'm going to lean on the side of the scientists and the doctors that have dedicated their entire lives to doing things like this. 
So, you know, I wouldn't be listening to uh, somebody that's advocating going back to work and he just happens to be on a city council. Um, Crisis in uh, Words is written by Ashley Trice. Uh, <laughs> another real good article. The There's even something in the very back, which is about uh, landscaping and what you can be doing when you're not involved in trying to stay at home and keeping yourself busy, reading a book, doing something else. But the lanyap can be picked up at these racks all around the, uh, the Baldwin County and Mobile, especially Mobile. So I encourage you to stay uh, in tune with them. I think they've got very good writers and uh, right now and all of the COVID-19 uh, articles that are listed in the magazine are not on the paywall. You can go directly to it online and get the uh, up-to-date information there. Uh, you can also uh, contact, you know, letters to the editor or any, anything else you want to contribute to it. But um, I just hope that people are don't get impatient. The biggest mistake we could make, I know economically this is going to just absolutely kill some people. I think the stimulus is going to relieve the economic pressure a little more than what most people may think. That's a tremendous amount of money coming into play. And I think that when we do get up and running, that it's not going to take long before everybody is running full steam. So we only have till the end of May to be very cautious. Uh, I just encourage people to be patient and not get frustrated with each other. And remember that we are all in this together and it takes all of us to be in this together. When you advocate that you don't want to participate and you want to run around at night, then you're taking advantage of all of us that are trying to do the right thing. Absolutely. So uh, please, you know, and, and of course, uh, I really want to give a shout out to our first responders, our doctors and nurses, especially, and, um, and our police officers who are out there having to deal with this. Um, hey, Paul. But, let, yeah. let, let me let me talk to you about a little uh, a little concept I want y'all to uh, sleep on uh, deaths of accountability. Have you uh, have you ever thought about who might be accountable for the for all these people who are dying? I know Reigns wants to give everybody a pass. Oh shit! Nobody knew this was coming. What could we have done? But what I'm saying is deaths of accountability are going to be like. Uh, yeah, Mobile Infirmary is going to make a bunch of money during this uh, during this pandemic, just like Walmart is. But what happens when ten of their employees drop dead because they didn't have proper protection, personal protection equipment at the hospitals, or uh, you you work at Walmart and you came to work with a mask and gloves on three weeks ago and they told you to take them off because it freaks people out? Death of accountability. <laughs> Is what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, you're going to see a flood of uh, lawsuits. You're going to see a flood of class action lawsuits and this lawsuit and that lawsuit and everything else. So the American you know, Association just, of Registered Nurses, whoever their uh, their lead counsel is, he's he's taking his Viagra right now. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, these councilmen that are acting as irresponsible as they are too and making the, and politicizing these issues, they're going to be held accountable too by the voters. So do you know what the ultimate accountability is for being a shitheel? Uh, the, prime, the prime minister of Great Britain, go check it out. Boris Johnson is in intensive care, has been for three days. Does anybody know if he's dead yet or not? I think he's out. Is he out? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But for I, some I, reason, the Tom Hanks and the Boris Johnsons never die. <laughs> you, you notice that? It, it seems like know. people we with got... unlimited amounts of resources seem to weather this thing pretty well. Um, anyway, I just I hope they'll take it more seriously at a local level. We need to take this opportunity to be um, preparing ourselves, having uh identified places where we're where we're going to feed people 
Um, we need to tell, and you know, in worst case scenario, uh, if, uh, if I die and doodle needs to know where to take, I mean, you know, where does she take my body to the hospital, to the funeral home, to Greer's to put in the meat locker with the other 3000 people in this town, uh, you, you know, there's some things that we need to know from a practical perspective and nobody wants to talk about those things publicly. And that's when you get caught in a, in a position where you are unprepared. And that's well, what I hope we can. Harry, Harry silence is golden in Baldwin County. That's how they handle all the problems here that I've noticed from the very beginning. You look at what's going on in Baymanette versus Fairhope. Baymanette's no different than Fairhope was 10 years ago. That's how Fairhope was run, just like that. Let's go to the golf course instead of paying attention to what's going on. And Reigns is making me nervous sharpening that machete. Well, you got you got seven of them, uh, or what? Four of the four of the uh, council members who are out playing golf in Fairhope. I'm sure because they don't think, they don't think it's serious enough to implement a damn curfew. I'm no. just working on my accountability tools over here. That's all. <laughs> but there will be, there will be in the end, you can be sure, uh, you can be sure that we'll be hashing this out for a couple of years. This isn't going to go away. And the, uh, uh, I, I just hope that some of these people that are being as reckless as they are, are not endangering their own families and their own relatives. Did you guys catch the live stream with Will Amesworth uh, last night? Uh, the Business Council of Alabama put it on. I, I'm just wondering oh if there's a if there's a YouTube video of it. I, I'd like to point people in that direction. Anyway, when you're watching this on uh, Facebook or YouTube, be sure to click on comment because it brings up the other comments, and that's where I go load uh, other articles, uh, things that Paul's talked about that we didn't necessarily share on the screen. So go check those things out. You guys got any more uh, wrap-up items? Well, also on the uh, Backstory podcast, you can check uh, uh, documents as well. You've got a lot of documents on there. Uh, the, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Councilman Brown with Fairhope, uh, he's one of the ones that brought up, uh, well, let me, re let me read, uh, no, I don't want to read this whole thing. Anyway, it's Brown from our hometown, and he's talking about the virus and how he doesn't want to believe in the stay-at-home order. He doesn't believe in any of this. He doesn't want to have a curfew. He, he wants everybody to go back to work. And then uh, at the very end, at the very end, and that's so, so typical of this area, he ends up by saying, depends on who you ask. Were lives lost? Yes. And while as tragic as, as tragic as those deaths from this virus will be, over 850,000 were willingly aborted in 2017. The corona is nowhere and never will be near those numbers. And then the next sentence is, God bless you during this Holy Week. This is the, there is one that died for all of us. Bringing up abortion and God when we're talking about coronavirus and sidetracking everybody, I'm telling you, man, he should be condemned for this article. He should resign. And uh, speaking of documents, this is the same Mr. Brown that has the complaint filed against him with the attorney general. And that complaint is on our document list. If you're interested in reading the whole complaint and getting the facts. Fair hopes our arts council, correct? Correct. Correct. That's when he took the money from the art council while he was a board member of the art council and on the city council where he said he had permission from the ethics commission, which he did not. And where he said there was multiple bids, which there were not. And he's never explained either one of them. So Paul, can I have the and floor for one second? You can. Well, Harry, you are entitled to any animus that's directed against you. Uh, you have no, that's enough of that jackass. All right. So, uh, my public service <laughs> announcement today. Yeah. He's out playing golf or no kidding. I was driving by there on Wednesday, coming back from Foley, I believe. 
And um, I'm driving along in my convertible, and uh, you know, it's right. The Holly Hills Country Club's right there on 59, and Bob's a hard guy to miss. He's six four, so six five, and um, almost ran off the road. I was like, "Holy shit, that's the mayor and five other people out there on the tee box. What are they doing?" So I called City Hall, and they're like, "Oh yeah, the it's open." Yeah, they just but yeah, but it's night. only open. The municipal course is only open for the private members. Right. So uh, I still can't wrap my head around that. Let me get back to my public service announcement and my attaboy for people that are doing a good job. All so, right. So the city of Flomaton, Alabama, which is just right up the road in Escambia County, the Flomaton Police Department continues to do community outreach in order to make sure residents aren't forgotten. For months, the department has offered a free program for seniors called How Are Ya? The program is a way for officers to check on elderly residents to make sure they're taken care of. Residents can call the department and sign up for the program. I mean, what a fantastic thing to do. Um, and that's it. You know, instead of running people down, uh, they ought to be checking on the elderly. What else exactly. are they doing? They ain't nobody on the damn roads, Range. What are the cops doing? That's a fantastic example of community policing at its finest. And I hope the next grant that the city of Flomaton gets for their police department, they'll continue with community policing like that instead of investing in assault weapons that they don't need, like some other cities nearby have done and counties. Right. I, I tell you something, Harry, since you said that attaboy thing, I would like to give an attaboy to uh, uh, another uh, Facebook site, and that is the Facebook site Fairhope Now. Uh, they uh, continuously put up uh, things about uh, charitable uh, donations, uh, different events that are or people that are taking care of the elderly, free delivery, food service, et cetera, like that. So uh, on social media, if you want to uh, go to Fair Hope Now every now and then, you'll see where maybe you can cooperate or maybe you can help with uh, some of the programs that are out there. Absolutely. So uh, you guys see behind me uh, – can you can you see over here? This is a 1972 highway map of Baldwin County, and then over here, these are two 1950 circa 7.5 minute USGS topo maps of Baymaned, and then the Tensor River Delta north of there. And then in the hallway, running down the hall, um, that's a nautical chart from uh, I believe it's from uh, over in Florida to uh, Mobile Bay, the Intracoastal Waterway. And yeah. uh, go, goes in front of Pirate, Pirates Cove and all that. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to tell a little a little story, a little, another little family history real quick, and uh, I'll bring it all back around for you. So, uh, you know, I'm a lawyer. What are the chances that I would be surrounded by maps and, and consumed with cartography? Uh, but uh, uh, one of my ancestors was uh, uh, some folks named the Weekly Family. And John and Sarah Weekly were an immigrant couple from uh, Beaufort, South Carolina, who came to the Tinsaw country with their husbands attaining land in the Tinsaw country prior to 1790. John grew up in a turbulent atmosphere of a tavern his father, William and Martha Stocks Weekly, operated in Charleston, South Carolina. He was born in 1739. During the Revolution, he was a military commander under noted Francis Marion, the Swamp Fox. Oh, yeah. The family. So y'all seen the Patriot movie, right? Right. So my grand, great, 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 great grandfather, John Edmund Weekly, was a captain under Francis Marion uh, during the Revolutionary War, huh. uh, the, the Swamp Fox. The family gained passports and permission to enter the Creek Nations, which were called the Mississippi Territory. So here's the interesting part. John was a land surveyor. <laughs> He assisted land grantees in identifying their land prior to the work of Colonel Andrew Ellicott in establishing the survey line of the 31st parallel. Uh, he knew that the income and settlers would need surveying and lots of it. He had three capable sons who were also surveyors. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, Mr. Weekly married a woman named Margaret Elizabeth Dunn. 
Um, she was a mixed blood Creek woman. And, um, anyway, they, uh, nearly two thirds of my family was massacred at Fort Mims. Only two people, uh, actually only two people survived. One of them was one of my grandfathers, a Stedham. Um, then both of my grandfathers, uh, uh, burn and, and, uh, Bryant were both grievously injured in world war, world war one. Um, and, uh, matter of fact, granddaddy Bryant, uh, burn was injured so grievously. He spent a year in France in an infirmary. He actually spent the pandemic of 1918 in France in a hospital. Um, so what I'm saying is we come from robust stock. Um, you know, our, my ancestors have survived Indian massacres, uh, jackass politicians, and uh, anything that the uh, animal kingdom, viruses or whatever can have thrown at us. And you know what? We're still here. Um, we're, we're of robust stock, all of us. And uh, there have been these choke points before in human history, and this might be one of them. That's a fact. It might be one of them. And like you said, we've been through a lot of those people that uh, were around during the Vietnam War. Uh, we'll remember how traumatic that was, whether you were in it or whether you were in the States and having to watch it from afar and listen to a body count. And that's what I want you to remember is that when we talk about these people and we talk about these numbers, we're talking about human lives. So uh, I hope that everybody will be a little bit optimistic. Uh, we'll come out of this. Uh, just uh, enjoy your family a little bit more and try to find something to do that'll uh, preoccupy you. I think we'll be, I think we'll have a turnaround by the end of uh, uh, this month. I'm praying. And then I don't know how long it'll take to get up to speed, but a while, a good yeah. long while. I, I, let me, uh, let me, I'll a throw in a little family history because I got more, I got more than a lot of people think in South Alabama. You know, uh, first of all, our kids are going to look back on this and our grandkids and our great grandkids and our great grandkids, they're going to say, What did your great granddaddy do during the pandemic? And well, mine are probably going to say, well, he sat in a garage and chain smoked and talked shit about South Alabama politics from Houston, Texas. But <laughs> my family, a large part of my family come, when they come from the old country, they settle down in Code Inn. All right. In Alabama, I know where Code Inn is. Bilobatry in that area. And I've still oh, yeah. got a, 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 a part of my family still live there. They live down on the island. Right. You, you know, if you want to talk about how we use our family history, I, uh, back when I was a first mate on a boat, I ended up in Dolphin Island for the weekend, stuck in port and ended up at a little bar down there called the King Neptune. And I'm not going to say my family member or my family name that's down Never there. Never heard of it. Never they heard know of who it. They are. The King Neptune down on out, down at Dolphin Island, right at the foot of the DIP. I don't even hey, know. Hey, didn't Jimmy Buffett write a song about that called the Pascagoula Run? Yeah. Or well, that I, I was down there and I got in some shenanigans and got into some ridiculousness in that bar that night and i got thrown the hell out i mean thrown out they opened the door with my head and when i got out i come up in the gravel of the parking lot i said you can't bar me from this place don't you know who my uncle is and i dropped his name and that bar owner spat on the ground and said don't you worry your pretty little mississippi head about it that some bitches barred from here too <laughs> <laughs> is that why you is that why y'all left Cody in because y'all were barred from the tavern? No, no, no. They they left for uh they, they come over there. the fishing was better in Mississippi, so they moved over there. That's a fact. So uh hey, have y'all done any fishing or done any of that? I know we're supposed to stay at home, but I did oh, go. Um I'm I, down, man, I ain't been out the house except to go to the grocery store. Well, all I got to do is throw kayaks in the back of the truck and run up here. I'm not going to see anybody. Of course, the problem is if I get in trouble, who the hell am I going to call to come exactly. get me in the middle of nowhere on Little River? That raises a valid point. And let me just put this out there. If you want to take it upon yourself to go out and do anything, remember, if you get hemmed up, somebody's going to have to come help you. And you're putting that person and everybody that they interact with at risk. 
So when they say stay at home, I mean stay at home. Because if I go out there and get in a car wreck, I'm putting the police officer that responds, the first responders that respond, the tow truck driver who I got nothing for, but I don't wish death on him. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Anyway, I'm putting all those people, all those families at risk. I'm taking it really seriously, and I'm not going out unless it's absolutely necessary. And I would urge everybody that listens or pays attention to this to do the same and apply the same string of thought. Also, the uh, you know, it's the same thing with these uh, boaters taking advantage of what's going on down there in Orange Beach. I don't know if it's been stopped, but, you know, they're filling up Robinson Island and Bird Island there. Uh, boats side by side. You know, everybody out there drinking, having a good old time. Well, I pray to God you guys ain't passing it around to each other or the Marine Patrol or anybody else, but it's a very, very selfish attitude to have. Well, for the first time since uh, December 20th, the damn Alabama Tensile River Delta is not at flood stage. So you got a lot of people out there on the water. Um, the, the Harry still Gary Finch crowd people that actually, you know, that's our, that's our lifestyle. Um, by the way, I have well, yeah, this shirt on. That's not, that's so, not your so I don't, if you're, if you're a fisherman, you know, you don't buy a damn black fishing shirt. Now, you hey. know, when you, when you tell, when you tell your lady friend that you like a new fishing shirt and she buys you a black one, that means you're gonna have to wear it inside on the podcast. Right. Right. That's right. And, and we're not talking about, and we're not talking about, uh, uh, fishermen or hunters that are out there hunting by themselves. We're talking about boaters that are stacked up on an island to where when you take the photograph of it, they're all side by side. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm just saying there's some people out there like me. I mean, I'm going to go, I'll prob I'm probably going to go creek fishing in the next few days and I'll be by myself. But like you said, if I get a moccasin bite, it's going to be a long damn drive back to town by myself, you know? Yeah. All right, so what else are you all guys right, well, doing? I got. I got my hydroponic garden going. I'm going to share some pictures. There's, they went from this uh -oh. to this. They're, it's, it's going uh -oh. pretty good. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, my, especially the uh, cucumbers um, and tomatoes <laughs> seem to like that, uh, whatever that solution is I'm using. Um, all right, guys, well, share um, what you'd like for the next podcast in the comments. Uh, we're, we're taking requests. If you have topics that you'd like for us to talk about, I know I would like to know a lot more about what range thinks about things. <laughs> and I got a feeling he's willing to tell us. Well, y'all can yeah, those of you that fiasco tonight. And I'll let you know what I'm thinking. Huh? Oh right. yeah. What, tell me, tell me about that. Is that midnight? I go on. Uh, I'm going on a little earlier tonight. I'm going on at 11. But, uh, yeah, we go through the midnight hour, man. Come talk with me. Hang out. Virtual hangout. Bring you a beer. It's a great time to be there. Harry's been been good about it. Paul, I know that's, yeah, that's like fun. six hours after you eat dinner and go to bed. But if you feel like waking <laughs> up in the middle of the night, checking us pretty, out. Pretty close. Pretty yeah, close to it. Wake up, throw well, your let me, give a out. let me give a shout out to those people in Fairhope that really want to know what's going on. You can go to ripreport.com. You can go all the way back to 2016 and you can read the articles from 2016 all the way to forward. And you can see the reaction that your council and how your council has acted during those four years. So uh, if you want to get into a little reading in fact, and if you want to question me about anything on there, you're welcome to do so. Everybody stay safe, stay positive, love your family. This is going to be over with soon. Let's show hope so. See you tonight, Reigns. All righty.